0: this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast and that's what i wanted to tell you we should do a podcast okay bye i did it okay i I did did it. it
1: all right um welcome back it's we've had kind of a hiatus we've got a back catalog um oh sorry first things first who the fuck are we uh wel- <laughs> welcome to feature creep colon
0: built-in microwaves and my colon
1: themed nervous breakdowns Go. Uh,
0: The best kind.
1: Yeah. So before that little front matter, um, this is our podcast. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome. If this is the last time you're listening, um, so sorry to see you go. Here you go. (laughs) Um, How
0: did you even find us in the first place? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, But uh, I'm Ned or I'm Ned. Yes. And you're Meg. And this is our podcast. And we've been doing it for years. And we want to apologize to our avid fans who are. Um, are very dedicated listeners and we really appreciate you and we're very sorry for not having published more we have a ton of back catalog to get out Um,
0: we do but that's really hard to do when one or both of you are flying back and forth to Europe at alternating times right one of you has another recurrence of a long-running chronic illness Yes, Yes. and then before you know it four months have gone by
1: right (laughs) Right. And I, I also want to point out that that generally speaking, um, the topic of this particular podcast, themed nervous breakdowns, is not actually like it didn't come about because we were both going through themed and nervous <laughs> breakdowns and that's right. why we're not publishing. Um we've certainly published through themed nervous breakdowns in the past. <laughs> true um so it's no excuse nor is it uh really the i think that to be honest i think it was just the time difference i think i felt it the yeah. most this time and it makes me grateful for me being here in san diego and you there in minneapolis and that time difference being <laughs> we're more we're manageable like two hours apart, yeah, right? yeah instead of eight it's or whatever it was or opposite sides seven. of
0: the globe basically yeah um <laughs> but yeah like uh neither sleet nor hail nor themed nervous breakdown will prevent us from <gasps> podcasting but being in opposite time zones will
1: yes yes being in opposite time zones yeah something as practical as that who would have thought Mm um so let's i think uh I want to both give you credit for this, or maybe Damon is due credit for this. I mean the important mm-hmm. thing is who is credited for the excellent title that we're about to talk about <laughs>
0: Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it was a collaborative effort among all three of us yeah, yeah, because uh, if you hadn't if you hadn't um, shown me that really cool photo from a thematic photo shoot party that you had done recently i wouldn't necessarily have the themes of things on the brain right and then when at the time that you showed me the photographs that inspired me to think of things in terms of a theme yeah. I was having a recurrence of a chronic illness and another shingles outbreak in my eyeball <laughs> right. and my brain right. and so I was kind of having a little bit of a nervous breakdown and then I, it was just it was just there I was like themed nervous mm-hmm. breakdown <laughs> right. and uh, I said something to Damon about having a nervous breakdown and he's like what's the theme of it and so that's how that came about.
1: That is so good. Um yeah. yeah. So I think we definitely want to preface with the the thought that or the ideas that, you know, mental health is um no joke. I mean also a joke if that helps you. Uh sure. the goal the goal is to um, you know, <laughs>
0: Whatever works for you. Whatever
1: works for you, and absolutely, like feel like if this if this podcast is too much, like that's you know great. We there's nothing. We don't make money on these. Like there's nothing. You don't need to feel obligated to listen to it to the end or any of that. Not that I think we're gonna like tread into weird, dangerous territory. We're advocating like shitty advice for mental health. Um, Like we want people to be healthy. Mental health is important. Um, And with that in mind, we're kind of trying to take a, a sort of humorous look at. Uh, our own lives and and how yeah. how we might better mitigate or appreciate the the experiences of mental you know mental health right. decline or um <laughs> or moments of weakness or whatever we want to call it severe
0: but, cognitive impairment
1: yes yeah, se- yeah yeah you know
0: beta protein <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: the horrors of being a biological entity trying to be conscious in this world yeah yeah, Yeah.
0: like someone I know I was the first time I had a themed nervous breakdown on the on the theme of what's wrong with my brain Um, (laughs) why is it on fire uh the person who i'm referencing i was like oh my god what if this is how i die and he was like well you know we're just like sacks of chemicals and water wandering around like it's a miracle any of this works for any length (laughs) of time at all
1: right right
0: i was like that actually weirdly makes me feel a lot better about it going wrong right (laughs) you're right this is really complicated how does this work (laughs) how am i here
1: Right. I mean, this is kind of on lines of like, just taking a moment to appreciate like wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, the fact that I can like sit in this chair and carry on a cogent conversation. Well, questionably cogent (laughs) conversation with you for an hour is, easy. Tiger is a miracle. You know, the idea that like other shit matters, like, do I look a certain way? Do I make enough money? Do I fit, you know, all of those things, of course they matter. But, um, they also, mm-hmm. you know, at the base of it it's like you know, i'm alive to have my brain burning alive in front of me, okay? That's a thing. Right. Um is that good or bad? I who that's a now we're getting into the deep philosophy. Yeah. Um the question was asked, Meg. A question was asked.
0: A question was asked. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so yeah, my my recent themed nervous breakdown over Thanksgiving was surrounding the theme of um uh, medical violence, medical inaccessibility, mm-hmm. uh, holidays I don't celebrate because they're about genocide. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I So here's the scariest thing about my most recent nervous breakdown is that I realized the day before Thanksgiving that uh, I was having another shingles outbreak that involved my eye and uh the trochlear nerve which runs through the center of your brain to the back of your head from the back of your eyeball
1: that seems like an important nerve
0: it is really important and if you don't jump on that particular type of shingles infection you can like go blind from it so it's kind of a big deal like other parts it just hurts really bad if you get Mm -hmm. shingles like on your torso it's not gonna like probably do anything aside from hurt right but um which i've also had and i would much rather have that than have it in my eye yeah um but, uh, so I was really nervous about this because, uh, one, it was excruciating, like so much worse than the other times I've had shingles mm-hmm. and, uh, which number thrice. So no, this thrice. is my yeah. number four. Um, and, uh, and there was no one to help me because it was a holiday. So my clinic was closed for at least four days.
1: Oh, that's convenient.
0: Yeah. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to reach my doctor. And I wanted to avoid an emergency room because when you're the type of patient who shows up in an emergency room with none of the outward symptoms of shingles, but an insistence that your brain is on fire and that they need to give you like intravenous drugs, they're going to be like, no.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so like after the long weekend at Thanksgiving, I did get a hold of my doctor the following wednesday and she put she updated my file to include a diagnosis that lists every year that i've had shingles Mm -hmm. and the fact that i have chronic herpes zoster so that if i go to a doctor and they can pull up my medical records they will see that i am not making this up that there is a significant amount of documentation supporting my claim of chronic illness and that they should just hurry up and help me before i go blind So um, luckily I didn't have to go to the ER over the Thanksgiving holiday and I didn't need intravenous drugs. I was able to manage it at home because I am aware of this sort of thing happening and I tend to get sick with this around Thanksgiving. Like within the same two calendar weeks, I've had it four times. So it's pretty predictable for me Mm -hmm. and it's also pretty predictable that there's not going to be anyone around to help me in a timely fashion Mm -hmm. in, in the medical community because our whole system is broken. Right. So what I did over the summer when I knew that I wasn't going to be able to see a doctor necessarily in the fall if I had an outbreak is in the months when I knew I was very unlikely to have a shingles outbreak, I just didn't take my prophylactic medication. I hoarded it Mm -hmm. because it's the same meds that you take at a higher volume when at a higher dose when you have an actual outbreak. So luckily I anticipated that correctly and I had enough medication to simply start myself on a full regimen of antivirals when I had the symptoms of it. Right. And I didn't have to see a doctor to do that. And then my doctor was nice enough to catch me up and issue another uh, prescription to sort of like refill my back stock in case I needed to take it again or whatever. Right, right. Um, so it worked out really good. But like this time, because it was so painful and because the other times I've had shingles, the least amount of time that I've been sick with it has been five months.
1: Yeah, just a really long time.
0: So right now I'm at two and a half weeks and I'm. Aw- I'm not even going to say that I feel like I'm making progress in treating it on a much quicker timeline than in the past three times. Right. So I feel like I'm getting better, but, um, judging from how extended the illness has been in the past and how painful it's been, considering that it was in my eye this time, uh, I was like really nervous that it, the pain was not going to be manageable myself. And so my sort of like nervous breakdown was around like how painful it was. And, um, I have a book here by Stephen Herod Buhner, who mm. is a doctor who... Uh, well, he's not a doctor. I think he's a researcher. I'm not sure exactly what his credentials are, which is not a ringing endorsement for this guy. But I will tell you this. He What's wrote his several name? books. Stephen Herod Buhner. B-U-H-N-E-R. Stephen is S-T-E-P-H-E-N. So it might be Stephen.
1: Gotcha. Um, um,
0: he wrote a book called Herbal Antivirals. And I have that book.
1: He was an American herbalist and writer was a key figure in promoting chronic Lyme disease. Um,
0: So he has an herbal antibiotics book and he has an herbal manual for treating Lyme disease and and other spirochete infections. And he also has this antiviral book that I got. And my whole meltdown this time centered around the fact that there was no one outside of my house to help me. And so my ability to treat myself at home quickly enough and efficiently enough relied on my ability to stuff my own panic long enough to read an entire book on antivirals and maintain all of retain all of that information yeah and then take that information and go buy the stuff i needed to treat myself without a doctor and get through it and i did and i was successful at that but it was not inexpensive and it also required a working understanding of some amount of virology and also a working understanding of different chemical compounds and how they (laughs) work Work in the body and they're like modes so, of efficacy so i had to like just crush my own rising panic yeah and and like sit down and read and that was like the theme of my breakdown was like intellectual in nature and and also like (laughs) being very isolated (laughs) and knowing that like the last few times this has happened to me I've had like massive cognitive deficits because when you get shingles your cerebrospinal fluid fills up with all of the amyloid proteins that people who also have dementia get, and that's what causes the symptoms of their dementia. Right, because it overloads
1: the mechanisms inside of your cells. Yeah.
0: So slowly as the disease progresses and gets worse, you can feel yourself getting more and more dementia
1: right you're aware of
0: the process the whole time (laughs) so i was like oh my god the clock is literally like ticking and bearing down on me and i'm like oh my god if i don't figure this out like asap i'm gonna be in so much trouble but i did and i'm here and it's working two and a half weeks in and my brain is not on fire and i did not have a cytokine cascade that damaged a bunch of my nerves so that's fantastic
1: that's really good news um i was going to say that uh which if people aren't aware nervous breakdown is not a medical diagnosis it's a colloquial term that we're using to describe what i think many people could probably relate to especially having been lived through covid now right like it's just this overwhelming um
0: oh fuck
1: you know yeah and like people use it for all kinds of different reasons which is why i think a themed nervous breakdown is a fantastic handle to put on it like mm-hmm. i'm more a fan of the low stakes nervous breakdowns like what you're describing <laughs> is just like nah i that's not for me like i would not choose that as my theme yeah. if i had a choice right.
0: um, <laughs> like we've both had coffee themed nervous breakdowns.
1: yes yeah in fact <laughs> i would say i induce that easily a couple times a month
0: <laughs> a week or uh, a month, yeah.
1: yeah i mean definitely definitely border <laughs> it every week um, for sure, have a full, full coffee themed nervous breakdown, you know, at least once or twice a month. Um, and, yeah. and like, it, it's funny because, like, in some ways, like, it's relatable to what you're talking about, which is this, this moment of just like overwhelming, like, anxiety and panic and like strong emotional fear or, um,
0: like i'm losing
1: it (laughs) yeah like just kind of like manicness that uh that can come from that like feeling trapped
0: yeah and scattered thinking and scattered thinking thinking. yeah
1: like i mean i already struggle with that with adhd like you know most days i'm like you know flitting between you know between 15 different projects and most of them are just making a mess none of them are actually making (laughs) much headway um (laughs) but like you know the idea of a themed nervous breakdown is Funny to me because it's kind of like you know you're gonna throw a party like it's a way to, um. Since you brought that up, it's helped me, in the context of like when I feel like I'm on the border of like oh like you know things are turned you know my emotional yeah. roller coaster is on a real deep dive right now you know yes. you we're know, headed straight down, um. It helps to kind of think like, oh hey, like I'm going to a themed party. Should I put on like a nice fancy shirt? Should I like, you know, what should I do? <laughs> what decorations do I need to provide to the accoutrement? Yeah, to, yes, to accentuate the theme of this particular nervous breakdown. Um and I could uh you know, the flip side of like your your much more serious and extreme high-stakes uh nervous breakdown theme of You know, potentially going blind and causing blindness and brain damage, which, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know for you, but I think about for myself in that situation, you know, knowing you well, um, and being more like present for the, the moments that it's happening and the things you're talking about. I think for me is like the bigger fear for me would be, and I think you've expressed this is, is like the going blind would suck for sure. And the mental damage would suck, but the, Sustained amount of pain and suffering before or during or while you're getting there is the like the bigger fear inducement, right?
0: Yes. So, yes, that is totally like the... The, the pain that I have felt from the other shingles I had the first time, mm-hmm. I also had it in my eye and my face and my nose. So in a bunch of my cranial nerves, this time it's only in two as far as I can tell. The mm-hmm. branch of my trigeminal nerve that goes up into my occipital region. Yeah. And then my trochlear nerve, which goes from the eye straight back to the back of your head and your brainstem. So I have it in like two different nerves this time. Mm-hmm. And the first time I had it was just in my trigeminal nerve. Which, believe me, was enough. Like, <laughs> right. It was fine. I had it for eight months. It was fucking terrible. They never figured out what it was, so I never got appropriate treatment, which is why I keep getting it again and again and again. This right. It's just well been documented. so well established happens, now. Yeah. Right. So, like, um, every time I've gotten it since the first time in 2015, it's been less severe by increments. (laughs) This time is a major shift from how I experienced it the first three times because I knew what was going on and I jumped on it really quick. I didn't have to wait to convince a medical professional that that's what was happening with me and not get treatment for it until a week into exponential viral load.
1: Right. Right. So,
0: like, this time has been different, but... The pain that I felt this time was significantly more severe than other, the other three times. And I thought the pain that I felt in those other three times was as bad as, as, bad as it could get. And sure. oh, was I wrong. Right. And so the thing that was so frightening to me about this time was the severity of the pain matched with my expectation from past experiences that this would be a recurring pain that I would have to live with 24-7 for maybe five months Mm-hmm. And I just realized that was not tenable.
1: Right, right.
0: Like, somebody either has to help me, and I don't have a lot of faith in that happening over a long holiday weekend, and the experiences I've had with people treating this disease in me before have been complete and other utter failures until I met my current nurse practitioner mm-hmm. recently. And so, like, I was, I was fighting off, like, crashing tsunamis of hopelessness. And trying to figure out, like, if I can't manage this at home, like, what am I? What is my fate?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know how I'm going to exist with this. Like right. And so that got really freaky because I don't want to die. And like when the first nerve pain really hit me, and when I realized, oh shit, something's very wrong. Mm-hmm. And judging from the sensation of it, I think it's another shingles outbreak. Um. It was such a strong pain that my right eyeball rolled up in my head when my left one stayed looking straight forward and I lost all sense of like nervous control of the right side of my body Mm -hmm. and I was kneeling on my knees on the ground and I fell over in my living room like I just fell over yeah and and it was so severe that i thought i was either having an ischema attack or a a stroke which is a like when you've had a severe case of shingles your risk of stroke and heart attack skyrocket like it's it's really Mm -hmm. crazy how much it goes up i didn't even know that until i was researching this last time and i was like holy shit (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's not great so um i'm on a bunch of like (laughs) blood thinners so that i don't have a stroke and like uh, I take stuff from my heart so that I keep my heart muscle in really good condition and I work out all of the time and I try to keep my immune system functioning really good so that I don't have these risk factors. But mm-hmm. all of that just becomes very overwhelming when you're like, okay, what yeah. am I fucking supposed to do now? Like, I just want to curl up and die from how bad this hurts. And instead, I'm going to have to sit here and read like a 300-page medical book. Right. <laughs> To figure out what it is I can do in the yeah. absence of external help to, like, keep myself alive and not, like, suicidal from the pain I'm experiencing. Right. So, it was, like, stressful. So, my theme, right now, if you come into my house, like, you will see lined up on my counter in my kitchen, all of my antivirals followed by all of the things that support my immune system, mm-hmm. followed by all of the things that uh, prevent cytokine cascades and a bunch of anti, uh, a- antioxidants for like specifically targeting your brain and your nerves. Mm-hmm. So I've got like three or four different sections of things. And what I noticed something really fucking interesting that had never occurred to me before. So I've been on both sides of treating shingles now. I have gone straight towards the like medical professional route. Mm-hmm. which was not very successful for me at all until very recently. And I have now more successfully than the other times I relied on medical professionals. This time I treated myself in a, in a, a very holistic way. I didn't just rely on a single pharmaceutical antiviral to do the heavy lifting Mm -hmm. I had stuff that's directly virusidal. I had stuff that supports your immune function I have stuff that encourages your splenic production of like antibodies and things like that so your spleen stays in really good condition I have stuff that prevents the cytokine cascade so I don't end up with all of the nerve damage from the disease I you know like uh, just so many different things in this like supportive constellation of therapies Mm -hmm. that like, if you walked into my house and saw all this stuff, you'd be like, this person is a crazy person who is really addicted to, like, supplements or whatever. Right, but right. But they're all meant to be taken in acute cases. They're not meant to be taken every day. And they all perform a separate function. And what I what I have going for me is the luxury of being able to afford to pay for all of this stuff, because none of this is part of a medical treatment that insurance regards with any, uh, like, they don't, it's not the thing that that insurance companies pay attention to. So they're not going to pay for any of this stuff. So it's all out of pocket. Right. Uh, And, um, it it you have to kind of know what you're talking about a little bit in order to understand how these things function in the body and which ones you can take in large doses, which ones you can take for a short amount of time and then you have to back off of them like licorice and isatis and a couple of other things. And so there's like all this stuff that you have to know and keep track of. And for me, I in addition to being able to afford these things at this point in my life, I also have the luxury of, I guess if you look at it as a luxury, of being chronically ill and not having a job that I have to go to on a daily basis because I'm chronically ill. So when I do get sick with this, I can spend literally all of my day focusing on dosing this stuff. And making sure I do it on a schedule and staying on top of it so that I outrun the viral replication rate and I can get on top of it and squash it. And then my immune system can come back online and take it from there. And while I'm doing this, I'm realizing that like at the height of the infection, you have to take this stuff sometimes 10 times a day, depending on what it is. Because you're working against a virus that is growing exponentially. And so if you back off a little bit, you're just giving it an opportunity to outrun you. Right. And so your whole job when you become sick with something like this literally shifts from whatever the fuck else you were doing in your life. All that goes on hold. Now you're reading a 300 page medical book, getting all this stuff off the Internet and spending every hour on the hour compounding your own herbal medicine and taking it so that you can keep ahead of the game. And this is not practical. For most people, it's not practical the way we have our culture set up or our society set up. It's not practical for people who have children. It's not practical for people who don't have spare money laying around to spend on stuff like tinctures. It's not practical, practical for people who just can't absorb a bunch of medical information in a very short amount of time. It's not, you know, so I, what I realized is that Western medicine answers these sorts of impracticality problems by taking the atomic route smashing you once with a pill and sending you away with it with basically something that is overkill because your doctor can't sit with you 10 times a day and make sure you do this right because that's not how it's set up and they also can't trust you to take care of yourself 10 times a day. So they send you away with a pill you take once or twice a day or three times a day so that you don't infect everyone around you. And right. from a public health perspective, it's all the lowest common denominator thinking. We yeah. have to smash this right now before you leave and infect a bunch of people. So we're just going to give you the overkill option and send you away so we can help the next person in line before they infect a bunch of people. And right. so I get it. But now I'm I'm on both sides of this line. Like here I am, this liminal character where I'm like participating in the long highly effective route but it's a very high touch high uh, high maintenance route
1: right right you can't it's you know I think about um, some people that I I know ancillarily speaking like um, there's that YouTuber physics girl Diane Cohen 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 Uh, she you know she has long COVID and it's Mm -hmm. like like an insanely difficult version of it right like she's basically entirely bedridden um, yeah for now for like over a year or something like like inability to talk yep to function in any meaningful way and I think about like how hard I, like we don't have a system in place to help people like this no our medical system is grossly fucked for this kind of thing like if you have an acute thing where you can be treated and get back to work and continue your daily life you might be fine like you're now in debt like we'll treat you and take all your money but now you can work it off like what do you do in the situations where like we don't i i just you know and the worst part of it is like i think that there's this like stigma around going on disability and all these things that like also aren't automatically like available to you. Like people talk mm-hmm. about them. Like it's an incredibly difficult system to navigate just to get access to. And then when right. you do any of your time spent, like any of the time you, like any free time you have from trying to treat your like debilitating illness is spent navigating, getting it paid for or handled in a way you just even fucking getting access. Right. Like it's just, it's insane. I think about, You know, relatively, you know, healthy individual like myself who has access to medical care, Mm -hmm. and I'm like most of the time I'm like I'm not gonna fucking do that because I can't. Like when I was in Germany last year and I had that ear infection and I went and I went to the um I went to the teaching clinic. Like they have a free medical or not a free medical clinic. Uh, There are hospitals there, and the one that I went to was like a learning hospital. So it meant that I'm being treated by like. Um, what are they called? Like fellows or like medical doctors yeah. who are residents doctors, or, residents, yeah. like people who are under the tutelage of like someone who's been doing it a long time. And so, yes. um, you know, and it was great treatment. And I remember before I could get the treatment, I had to go to this front office place and pay. And I paid $150, and they were so apologetic, and they kept insisting they're like, just keep the receipt, you'll submit it to your insurance, I'm sure they'll cover it. And I was like, motherfuckers, you have no idea how fucked up US insurance is. I would never wave this in front of my insurance for you know, because they're going to charge me $500 for the privilege of trying to get it covered by their, like $150 doesn't even cover my copay for this kind of shit. Like this is a great deal. And I paid $150 and I got the whole, the whole thing, like that covered all of the treatments, including like hearing tests, follow up appointments, um, you know, backup treatments when the one treatment wasn't working as fast as they like, or as well as they liked. Um, you know, they went from like, I got some antibiotic ear drops and then they like, packed it with this antibiotic like sort of cotton padding basically like that i kept yeah. in my ear ear for three days um and then it was like fucking amazing yeah like the quality of care was great i i spent time with these doctors like i mean their english was pretty good um and my broken german was pretty terrible but like we managed but it was like <laughs> you know it was just it was so I just don't even know where to begin like when I go to get like when I tried to get treatment here because I started with getting treatment here and I was like on the flight over with an ear infection and I started treatment here in the US and it was just shit here like I went to I went to the hospital I waited for hours and hours the guy looked in my ear and he's like yep looks like it's infected Um, I guess I can give you I can write you a prescription that you won't get filled until tomorrow and I was like I'm getting on my flight tomorrow, like yeah. how am I gonna get this filled? I did manage to get it filled, but then it was just like these fucking antibiotic drops that were like, you know, they were fine, but when I got to the doc like when I went to Germany and he looked at it, he's like, no, your ears way too infected for those. You need this other treatment.
0: You're past that now. Yeah, he's like, you're past yeah.
1: that. That's not gonna do the thing. Um anyway, it was just I right. it just makes me nuts when we have these like well documented cases um, that you're just struggling to even get somebody to give you the time of day. Right. They're like, "Oh, I know how to treat a broken leg. You know, you kind of pull on it until the guy scream. you know, you st- it's like right. barbaric. Like just stick a stick of wood between your teeth and I'm going to set the leg real quick and then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll get the, we'll get the Play-Doh out and smash it around your leg until it's held still. I mean, right. I also like, whiskey. it works, it works. It's a great, but, but my point is like, um, as much as we make these advances in medicine, like we don't get access to them here in the U S in a meaningful way. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. and the, the worst part is like, I don't blame the doctors They're hamstrung.
0: Right. This is a complex... This is a wicked problem
1: in the United States.
0: Because you go to a doctor and the doctor... What the doctor is optimizing for is for seeing a caseload of around 2,000 patients so that they can keep running off of the medical reimbursement money they get from insurance companies and the only way to ensure that you can keep operating as a facility a medical Mm -hmm. facility in the united states is if you see a massive enough volume of patients Mm -hmm. that the total amount of reimbursements you get from insurance pays for the place to keep going right which means that you have to like Industrialize the process of seeing people. You have to give them a pill and send them away and it has to work on the first try because you don't have time to do the high touch thing or solve problems. We don't solve medical problems in America.
1: No, we can't. That is
0: not what doctors are trained to do at all. They're not
1: allowed to. They can't do it. So they get penalized for spending any time with you.
0: Right. And I totally get that. I get that that is the reality. That is not reassuring when you're like, fuck my brain is on fire, and if I don't treat this fast enough, I'm gonna go blind. Yeah. That just doesn't what, like what? So, uh like uh, on the on another theme of having a nervous breakdown. Uh, This one is a little bit delayed. It wasn't so much a nervous breakdown. as a a strong concern. Um, Insofar as I hoarded some of my pills to treat myself when I had an outbreak of shingles, I also hoard birth control pills. Mm -hmm. I have a year's supply saved up just in case something goes off the rails because I knew a long time ago that we were ever steadily moving towards overturning Roe in this country. And I didn't know. I mean, I live in Minnesota, so it's a pretty good chance that things are going to be okay here like we responded in kind by strengthening all of our rights here Mm -hmm. in our state and in the constitution so like uh it's we're good up here but other places are not and i saw that coming and i just didn't want to deal with all of a sudden having my birth control supplies cut off right um and so i have a year saved up and the company i was going through uh i don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before but uh, Damon used to work for that company that I yes. that prescribed my pills to me and mail ordered them and everything and then that company was bought out by a a analog of the Hair Club for Men but just online version of it so a bunch of like, but like me- worse. men <laughs> who think that male pattern baldness is a chronic illness bought a company for women's health good job Right. And that led to the situation I'm in or was just in now where I was like, I need to leave this company immediately because they all of a sudden, for no reason at all, were like, hey, your insurance doesn't cover your pills through us. And I'm like, that's not accurate because I have the same insurance I've had the whole time we've had a relationship and it hasn't been a problem and insurance covers it. And they're like, no, it doesn't. And I'm like, what changed? And they couldn't answer that question. Right. Which means they don't know what the fuck they're doing.
1: Right. No, they have no idea. Yeah. So I was like, I'm
0: leaving. And I found another pill company. And they're great. They're called Pandia Health. And they're solely focused on women's health care. And I was able to pay out of pocket, just completely circumvent the entire, well, insurance says you should only get three weeks worth (laughs) of pills a month. And then you have to have a seven day period. I take the pills continuously. I'm not fucking around with that shit. So I had to find another group of people that would just... Prescribe to me what I've had since I was nineteen years old, which right. is a continuous supply of birth control, so I don't have to take the placebos and I don't have to do all that stuff and uh and I don't have to go through insurance and it's a very economical option like i before I had money when I was living off of like eighty dollars a paycheck, I still think I would have been able to afford the service so anyway pandia health they're not they're not paying me to say this like we have no relationship with them whatsoever aside from i get pills from them but mm-hmm. i'm just if anybody listening is like fuck i don't know where to get my birth control or any of the like women's health care stuff pandia p-a-n-d-i-a yeah. is really good google them they're great so far they're not bullshitty and um but like i i hoarded those pills for the same reason because i just don't I just don't want to deal with the gatekeeping. I don't. I have a direct relationship with my doctors, and suddenly I have to steer off into a detour to ask, like, a bunch of people who don't provide medical care whether or not I deserve medical care. Right. And then the insurance is going to be like, well, no, because we don't want to give you that money because when we give you that money, that means we don't have that money. Right. <laughs> like, that's how insurance works.
1: It's so like. I mean, I anybody who doesn't get that insurance companies are basically in the business of welching on bets, like right. what are you doing? Like where where did you grow up? Right. Like the only way insurance pay you any money for anything is through government regulation. Right. Otherwise, they would just be like, give us your money, that's it. They're in favor of mandated, you know, insurance. Like, you know, yeah. they're in favor of it. It's like, yeah, let's mandate that this business exists. Great. Um, but they don't want the government mandate that they then have to honor those bets in any way.
0: Right. And they fucking lobby against it all the goddamn time. (laughs) Yes, they do. Um, the,
1: so my partner and I were arguing or not arguing. We're were having a discussion about, (laughs) um, I was yelling as the middle-aged white man the whole time. Um, we were
0: popping on your forehead. Yes.
1: Just rage. Um, no, we were arguing about or discussing, uh, like, the idea that it's like, you know, casinos are more regulated than insurance companies. Yes! And the stakes are lower. Insane? Oh, my God. Like, and casinos are like, they're just in the bit. Like, casinos, the math is there. It's like, you put a dollar in, they get 60, 60 cents or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, for every dollar that goes in, they're getting a, they're getting 60 cents for sure or more. Like, it's some higher right. number. But they get a percentage 100% of the time. So, it doesn't matter when you win you lose right. like yes. the more you bet mathematically, like your odds of, you of loses, yeah. over your lifetime coming away with being a winner against the, against a casino is, is zero. It just mm-hmm. approaches zero. Like one bet one time is your best odds and it's not 50, 50 it's lower. Yes. And every time you bet after that, your odds just go down and down. Like at, your average goes down and down to the point where the idea that you could ever be up against the house is like a virtual Impossible. impossibility. Right. Um, so anyway uh yeah
0: and and insurance is worse than that
1: yeah no insurance is way worse than that um yeah i mean it's it's a reason that like a lot of states allow for um like instead of insurance you can have these like these sort of like uh bonds which Mm. guarantee that you you're like i have this money much money set aside so i don't need to pay insurance and so if something yeah. happens, I can use that to pay for my, like, I think car insurance is like that a little bit in some country yeah. or some states. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's not something that most people like find a viable option because nobody has $250,000 laying around. They can stick in right. an account and not touch.
0: Right. Um, Minnesota uh, had a, a democratic trifecta yeah. in, so democratic governor, Democrats in the house Democrats in the Senate, and they pushed through a whole bunch of legislation this past year uh, in 2023 um, as a result of Roe and a number of other things and just like all sorts of progressive stuff through. And one thing that they passed that hasn't gotten very much fanfare, and I can't really figure out why, is um, the state of Minnesota passed universal health coverage for everybody in the state of Minnesota set to go into effect in 2027. Yeah. And what they're arguing over right now between now and May of 2024, is how to finance that. And they're looking at two possible options. They're looking at the public, public option, which means public money supporting the cost of a public program. So all of our money through taxes supports all of us going to the doctor whenever we need to. Mm -hmm. Or a private public option, which still involves like insurance companies and a bunch of other weird shit. And obviously, that is happening because some people want to maintain the status quo where they make money for nothing, mm-hmm. like insurance companies currently do. Um, and so they're trying to hang on to the contr- the financial control of the system that they currently have and not let it go too far astray. Right. So um, I'm working with the groups here to lobby and get public support for the public-public option so that... Uh, people here can just go to the doctor when they need to go to the doctor and it'll be a lot less expensive than what we currently do, which is rely on insurance, which raises the cost of everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm excited about this because I am primarily excited for people to be able to get healthcare when they need it. Right. Um, secondarily, I'm excited about this. Because I have always wanted to see our workplace decoupled from our housing, decoupled from our right to health care. I think it's absolutely fucking criminal that your boss can extort you for your place to live and your ability to access medical care. If you don't do a good enough job, they just fire you. And then you lose your ability to be housed and you lose your ability to seek care from a doctor. Yeah. That is fucking inconscionable. Right. So I'm hopeful that Minnesota will continue on this like tremendous upward trajectory that we're on as a backlash to the conservative efforts elsewhere to take people's rights away. Um, And I'm hopeful that we can get the public public option and prove that like this actually works. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really beneficial, especially to people in the rural parts of the state where care is much, much more expensive and insurance is much, much less likely to pay for it and the resources to access that care when they do pay for it are significantly stifled. So, like, uh, I, I'm i hopeful in that regard. Another thing I'm hopeful about is, uh, like, a medical technology perspective. They have... So one of the things that... One of the themes of my my nervous breakdown recently is I looked back, I was like, I need to reexamine some of my biases around like this disease that I have. Like maybe I should get the Shingrix vaccine. Mm-hmm. Like well, for one thing, I'm still in my early 40s. So they don't want to give me this vaccine because the paradigm for shingles in the United States is only people over 50 get it. And if you're not over 50, you don't need the vaccine. Well, I've had it four times since I was 35. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously I need a vaccine of some kind. But the vaccine that they have available right now is called Shingrix, and one of the main upfront stated risks of this vaccine is that it causes an increase in cases of Guillain-Barre and Guillain-Barre is worse than shingles because it causes demyelination of your nerves which is fucking so much worse than shingles and I know someone who this happened to who was on a ventilator and was paralyzed from the neck down and is slowly recovering and learning how to rewalk and use her hands and fingers and all this stuff because she got this disease that she just woke up with one morning and if uh, you had mono... Yeah. You have the Epstein-Barr virus in you and it, just like shingles comes from chicken pox, when it mm-hmm. reoccurs its shingles, Epstein-Barr virus shows up as mononucleosis the first time you get it with like scratchy throat and watery nose and glands right. swollen. And if you get it really bad, you fall asleep all the time, which I did. So I've had a worse, a pretty severe case of Epstein-Barr also, which means I'm in a risk category as an adult for getting Guillain-Barre already. Right. And so I re-examined my options for that vaccine and I just after reading even more about it I was like this is no joke like this is a very serious risk factor like they're basically like well if you get the Shingrix vaccine you're probably going to get Guillain-Barré
1: Oh that's yeah that's a little terrifying
0: Like it's like a 50-50 thing Yeah <sighs> And I'm like, fuck, I'm not doing that. So then I did some more research. And this is another privilege that I have. I am I- enrolled in graduate program. So I have access to like all kinds of academic libraries, including medical ones. Like I can look all the stuff up that doctors read. So that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing. Right. And um I learned that Pfizer BioNTech is currently in phase one and two trials for a, sh- a vaccine for shingles. That is an mRNA vaccine that works directly on the virus, not on your body to help you fight the virus. Uh, so it doesn't carry the risk of inducing an outbreak of Guillain-Barre.
1: Right. Because right.
0: it's not weakening. It's not challenging your immune system when you get the vaccine the way that other vaccines do. Uh, it's a completely different mechanism of action and that is only five to seven years away from fda approval probably Mm -hmm. if that which means that i will be almost 50 when they approve that for people 50 and older anyway which means that there is hope on the horizon for there being a solution to my chronic problem that doesn't involve making me even sicker and making the cure worse than the than the disease so i'm excited about that too But Mm -hmm. I have to wait for it. And in the meantime, I have to, like, do all of this shit.
1: Right. And go
0: around insurance and go around the medical system and figure all this stuff out and treat myself at home, which is, like, like, it's really stressful because you're, like, I just want to fucking fall over and be sick. Yeah. And instead, like, I have to do, like, a bunch of work now. Right. To, like solve this problem like actively solve my own problem it's and i'm I, just really glad i can <laughs> like it was, yeah like the worst i mean this is, wasn't even possible
1: this is where um it's i think like you know to go back and complain more about our our current medical the sort of medical industry that we have in this country like it's yeah. it's really hard to have good medical advocacy which you need to generally do for yourself um yes And it's frustrating because no one is incentivized to advocate for your medical well-being.
0: Right. Yes, that's super important. There is no benefit to anyone doing that for you within this system.
1: Right. And I think that... um, you know, again, like this isn't like any doctor where it's like, Oh, doctors are fucking the worst. You know, it's like, we're not talking about cops where it's like, if you want to be a cop, like I'm already sus, like most people, or I'm already have suspicions about your, I'm not sus. They're sus. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, you want to carry a gun and like walk around and boss people around, like, you know, or, or worse, your lofty ideals that you're going to be some kind of like social, like social lifeguard where you're going to go out there and Uh make good decisions about other people's lives. Like, um, You know, that's not to say anyway, that's a whole fucking thing about, you know, the state of our policing. But my point is, like, doctors are that's not this situation. Like the problem here. I mean, it's similar in a sense that there's this huge structural entity of capitalism that completely incentivizes doctors to behave in a way that doesn't support your well-being, really. Yes. Like they need to. Well said. It, it's like the same way companies are like, you know, they're focused on quarterly profits, like the doctors are the mm-hmm. same problem, right? They're like, I've got to make, you know, I have to have good outcomes today, which means, you know, there might be the sort of longer term treatment that's better for your overall health in the long term. And many doctors right. will still try to do that. But the medical companies are like, how can you have this person resolve today and live through the end of the year where at the end of the year, we can either kick them off of our insurance or change our insurance policies such that it's harder for them to get more money out of us yeah right and so the insurance company it's just doing calculations like they're just running fucking actuarial tables and being like Mm -hmm. you know our best monetary outcome is that people don't die on our insurance but also they don't get a lot of medical health care yeah so you know our yeah the sweet spot is like they drop our insurance for reasons that are you know not our fault Yep. (laughs) like you know it's just fucked and they're dictating what the fucking doctors can do and can't do Yeah. Like a lot of times it's like the doctors are like, I don't care if you could pay me. I don't have a mechanism for you to pay me for the treatment that you probably should get. Right. Like I can't afford to go through like, you know, the fact that you can even pay cash for dental treatments is like, you know, how's that still a thing? You're lucky (laughs) if you can find a. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never found a doctor who would like take me without insurance.
0: Well, here's something that's really interesting, right? So, in the, it, along with this like medical themed nervous breakdown that I had or or narrowly avoided, we'll say, because I found the solution in enough time, thank goodness. Um I was looking into the the capitalist solution to all of the problems that we've been describing. Yeah. So, like, capitalism causes all of these problems, and then capitalism also offers an even more expensive solution to these very expensive problems. And the more expensive solution is something called concierge medicine. Have you heard about this? No. So, concierge medicine is where I go to a doctor who has a caseload of 200 patients, maybe... Okay. 300. They're in a private practice. I fork over 20 grand in cash and I keep that doctor on retainer for me outside of the entire medical system. Not part of a health institution, not part of a health maintenance organization, not part of a PPO, not part of insurance. You just pay a doctor cash to be your doctor and you pay them a flat rate of like tens of thousands of dollars at the front end of the year. And then that buys you the right to access them anytime you want. Amazing. Right. I mean, who has fucking 30 grand laying around every year to pay a doctor? I already spent see. eight grand on our deductible through insurance.
1: I mean, you know, like my insurance costs me $5,000 a year. Right. So, right. how much further? I mean, like, <laughs>
0: Right. But then the problem is too And like that's my half of
1: it. Like my company's <laughs> like anyway, sorry.
0: <laughs> right. The yeah. company's shelling out in ways you don't even see because it happens north of your paycheck. Yeah. So like uh this concierge medicine thing, like if you go to the doctor and they order tests and stuff for you, you have to pay for that all out of pocket. Because it's not part of any insurance scheme. So there's not like a guarantee of you being able to access whatever your doctor deems necessary for you. And then the insurance company fights with that doctor over necessity like they fucking know, which they don't. And uh, so like you avoid all this stuff, but you pay through the nose for it. So it's only it deeper stratifies the 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 classes of people and their access to medicine in this country. Yeah. Because if you're rich enough, you just pay to make it not a problem to operate within that system. You just say fuck it to the whole system and you take another route. And I don't have that fucking kind of money. Right. Like, I would love to be able to pay a private doctor and just know that I could call them on their cell phone that they use for being a doctor. And I could be like, hey, I've got this problem. Can I see you tomorrow? And they're like, Sure. Because it's not likely that all 200 patients that they see throughout a year are all going to need their help on the same day. So you Mm -hmm. basically have access to them whenever you need it, just like an attorney that you keep on retainer. But that's not a fucking solution.
1: No, no, it's not a fucking solution. It's really fucking frustrating.
0: So then I was like, oh, my God, like there is an answer out there to this problem. The answer is more money, (laughs) right? Like every answer in America just comes down to the same the, the same statement. Oh, just spend more money on it, and you can solve that problem. Just throw money at the problem till it goes away. Yeah. So unfair. Um, so yeah. Uh, what other themed nervous breakdowns do I had in conjunction with getting shingles late in the in the year? Again. Yes. I was I was two weeks away from the end of my school semester, and I thought, Wait, oh is my this going to be
1: funny? Because this podcast was supposed to be funny.
0: So what's hilarious about this is that I almost had to not finish my semester after I totally paid for it oh no Uh, right yes no I did I didn't have to and I also because of all of this preparation I did and all of this adjunct supportive therapy that I did to prevent like all of the nerve damage and like the buildup of amyloid proteins and all this stuff so that I didn't have like dementia for five months like I had the last few times I didn't have to take any time off of school so I finished everything on time but I had an academic borderline academic nervous breakdown when I had that first pain in my head I texted my therapist I told Damon I sent a message to my doctor and I sent a message to my two professors all within like five minutes of, of realizing there was something terribly wrong with me because I was like, I might not be able to finish the semester. I'm just letting you know.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> oh god.
0: I don't know how this is gonna go, but it hasn't gone well in the past. So, yeah. Just letting you know. And they were like, Oh my god, if you need an extension, just tell us. And I was like, Yeah, it's fine. Actually, I don't need one. This is going way better than I expected. But uh, that I I just the the amount of money I've spent on school and like the fact that there was no way to get it back and I was I made it through like 15 weeks of this semester and in the 16th week I wasn't going to finish I was just like and then I started to have this like sort of um like, downward spiral of thinking. I'm like, maybe this is an indication I shouldn't even be in grad school because this just keeps happening, you know? Like, And then I'm rethinking my entire, like, academic trajectory uh-huh. <laughs> towards getting my fucking degree finally. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I thought it was all coming crashing down. And I was just like, am I just doomed? And so, like... I did, a, I did, I was like, am I just overthinking this? Like, is this taking up too much mental space in my mind because I'm letting it? So I went back and I looked at my hobo Nietzsche's because I record everything compulsively in my own life. And I counted up the number of months since t- the beginning of 2021 that I have been sick outweighs the number of months that I have been healthy in the last three years.
1: Yeah. It's, but,
0: but I don't yeah. qualify for any kind of disability at all.
1: No, I'm not sick enough. Right. No, you need to you need to get sicker.
0: Not being able to wear clothing on my skin or leave the house for five months at a time. This is fine. You can work like
1: that. Everybody works from home now anyway. You just like put a sheet in front of you and peek through the hole.
0: Right. It's fine. It's (laughs) a, you know, just use an avatar.
1: Uh huh. Right. Right uh so
0: then like you know technology themed breakdowns that's another one like i have those on a regular basis because nothing works for me the way it's supposed to oh god i had a a cake themed nervous breakdown a little while ago do you want to hear about that that's pretty funny
1: yes this is now we're now we're getting into reasonable territory yeah
0: okay so nobody gives a shit about
1: that other stuff it's stupid (laughs)
0: it's listen nobody wants to be dragged down by your stories of misery um so
1: i mean more importantly it's like if you don't like that then just don't fucking get sick like i don't understand the problem here
0: but just take care of yourself better so so i made this uh i made a layer cake recently because damon really likes layer cake with chocolate frosting so um i because minnesota did some awesome shit recently one of the things that's awesome but less awesome than it could have been because of the way that they wrote the laws we legalized uh weed here and you can grow ass loads of it on your own like they have super high limits on grow your own um insane which is great uh but now i have all this weed right and so i like to make um tincture or not tinctures but um Weed butter out of it and use it in like cooking and cookies and make edibles from it. And I also like to use it topically because if you use the whole plant and put it into like coconut oil, um, you can use the coconut oil on the surface of your skin, like on your joints if they're sore and things like that. And it really cuts down the inflammation, like if you have arthritis, really great stuff. So I have two batches in my freezer of butter that I've made. I have cow's butter for eating and coconut butter for putting on your skin and when i made this particular cake i didn't pay very close attention apparently i realized too late uh to which of the stashes of butter i was drawing from Uh and the eating butter is a lower concentration than the topical butter which i make (laughs) very very strong in order to have it work through your skin Uh so uh I, uh, I made this cake with the coconut instead of the cow's milk <laughs> butter, and we didn't realize this until it was way too late, uh-huh. and we each ate a slice of this cake at like, I don't remember what time it was. It was like around dinner time, right? Like five or six uh-huh. at night? Yeah. Somewhere around like 8 p.m., yes. I was like, oh, God, I think we might be in trouble, <laughs> because I am way too high for how high I should be off of this edible cake. Yes. And I I don't know why that would be because I was very careful about how much I put in. Uh-huh. And if it had been the cow's butter, it would yes. have been a non-issue. But because I used the like rocket fuel yep. batch of coconut oil, um, we did not get to sleep until like six in the morning the next day. Oh, uh. um, because we were so fucking high, and like I was high like you know me, I have plenty yes. of experience with this sort of thing, so I was fine ostensibly aside from the fact that I couldn't sleep and I was basically hallucinating like on so this was a
1: this was a drug themed uh-
0: Drug-themed, nervous, almost nervous nervous breakdown. breakdown. Yeah. Um, If I had been someone who had never taken edibles before, I guarantee you I was at that level where I was contemplating calling 911 for help. You know what I mean? You hear about those people who are like, I think I took too much and I'm dying. And they're like, you can't die from an overdose of edibles. And people are like, but I'm pretty sure I'm dying. And they're like, okay, well, we're not sending the police to your house. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, yeah
0: i was definitely there i estimated because i figured out after the fact like fuck that was the coconut oil i think we must have ingested north of like 100 milligrams of thc in one go
1: this is like that time we bought like we went and we got the edibles and they were like they're like oh do you want this this other like this is a free add-on you
0: throw in this little free add-on if you
1: buy yeah. this and it was like package. normally we right. get those like those blondies that were like five milligram doses and then it was yeah. like you're like oh like we both looked at it and it was like there were only two in there
0: Yes, two and blondies, and we were like, "Why is it? Is it just like a little?" It was like a sandwich. Why is it had, so small? Like
1: he had said that they were higher dosage, but we didn't really like pay attention. And then it was it like, really like one them, yeah. of those was like fifty milligrams or some insane yes. amount. Like
0: the, the package content was hundred milligrams, and we each took one half of what was in yes. the package, yeah. which was one blondie. And it wasn't until after we had swallowed and like fully ingested it that I was like, "Oh, Ned, we just ate fifty oh, milligrams no. of tea." Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is gonna be interesting
1: it's very much (laughs) like um this this didn't happen that time but like the other times i've kind of gotten to that level it's like i'll be like sitting there and it's like the the amount where you're like super hyper worried that you're gonna forget to breathe and so you're like you're sitting there and then all of a sudden you're like
0: Like your brain just forgets its autonomous yeah. function yeah. entirely,
1: and you're just like so obsessed with it because you're like you're so focused, and your sense of time is so <laughs> terrible that you that that second between breaths to you seems like you're not breathing anymore. So the next breath, you just like fully engage, entire like I just as much as I can take. I'm dying. I haven't been breathing for hours. <laughs>
0: i remember thinking too like when we took those blondies and then like went and did shit i was like i think 50 milligrams is my upper limit for being able to like keep my shit together in public and not have people know how fucked up i am and when i had that cake i was like there's no way we can leave the house like we never we never do anything like to secure our house at night when we go to bed we just go to bed and that night i had such raging paranoia i was like i'm just gonna lock the door
1: Right. Yes.
0: Why did I lock my back door? I don't know. I never locked I've lived here ten years and I don't lock my back door. But like I had to that night. I was like, no, it needs to be locked. (laughs) I don't know why, but I'm sure. It was so bad, and then like and we like we finally exhausted, fell asleep at like six a.m. when the sun was fucking coming up, and we didn't yeah. wake up until two in the afternoon the next day. And right. like, I mean, Damon got up and like went to work on time, and then Amazing. They were like, yeah. "You look really tired. You should just take the day off." So, <laughs> and then, and then I like we didn't wake up until like two the next day. I mean, it was terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's um lost that's, the whole
0: day to that fucking cake
1: that's a great a great example of a theme and nervous breakdown
0: totally and i was like i should like try and you know parse out this cake to other people and then i thought i can't do that it's irresponsible like it's way too fucking strong to give to other people
1: right right yeah no it's not it, it, yeah it's uh can't share can't it's share. like when we made so those I, cookies thanksgiving yes
0: and then everybody got mad at us even though we totally told them that they were weed cookies
1: yeah it was uh, you know i mean in hindsight like we could have just been like nope you don't put this on the same table as the rest of the food um even though but like they were in a plastic bag like it was like all the other foods like you know i don't even think we put it on the table i think somebody else put it on the table like yeah i think
0: was super weird
1: anyway um it doesn't matter it's I, it's, it's hilarious and also not funny. Like, um, you know, no one was hurt, which is great, but we made these extremely potent cookies, um, because we, I had made the butter myself from, um, from weed that I'd had that was, you know, like a, like an ounce of it or something. And it was just like, it was not, it was not well regulated, like the way, you know, usually you can buy Usually you can buy drugs or buy drugs. You can buy a pot that is, <laughs> that is dosed, right? Like they'll tell you like roughly like how many oh, yeah. milligrams of, of the active agents are present. Which, which this was not that case since we made these cookies. Right. And like we tried to kind of estimate like how much was in there based on the amount of weed. <laughs> but like there's no way to know. And it was really what? funny because like they were really potent. And then yeah. at the end of it, at the end of the trip, you'd eaten like so many of them. Like yeah. it was just like over the weekend and then it was like like I remember it was like time to go and Damon's like, Where's Meg? And I like look over and you're at the fridge, just like taking little spoonfuls of straight cream. Like just straight super hot. Yeah, straight whipping cream. Yeah. Not whipped. It just pour pour it straight from pour the carton in the into a spoon.
0: Swallow it down. Yep yeah delightful oh my god that yep. was like a that nervous breakdown was like uh getting your wisdom teeth out in another country and that having was a to walk rough yourself back yep. across the border on your own two feet nervous yes breakdown.
1: yes yeah i mean you seem nice though. You seem pretty content, like with the co- like. You weren't losing your shit. You just were like oh. super quiet compared to normal. It was like, where is Meg? Like the rest of us are having a party, and you're just like over at the fridge, just, like, to, nom, 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 like nom. just dosing yourself with tiny little spoonfuls of cream.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I got super sick when we drove all the way back. home.
1: Yeah, well, we we ate and cooked a lot of food for that Thanksgiving for sure. We did,
0: um, and we did it all. We. Th- there's another thing, like uh, a holiday-induced nervous breakdown. Uh-huh. We made a whole Thanksgiving feast in an instant pot.
1: Yes, yes. Like one
0: oven, one instant pot, three yeah. hours. Yeah. There you go. Thanksgiving dinner for six people.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That was amazing. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. That was such a weird... We went sailing that weekend. That was like the best Thanksgiving ever, even though... It was a
1: really good one. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a roller coaster (laughs) of experiences and understanding. I mean...
0: You know, when you come back from Mexico and you have like blood running down your face from getting your teeth out, they don't harass you at the border. They just push you through.
1: They're like, nah, we don't want to talk to you.
0: So there's a tip for you next time you have to cross an international border. If you don't want to be harassed in the process, just look like you've had a bunch of medical work done on your face. (laughs) <laughs> they'll feel so sorry for you they'll just push you through <laughs> uh,
1: oh god so good so good
0: um i ha i i got word from our research team that we have colors of the day yeah so yeah. since we're
1: we're just wrapping up the podcast um if you have themed nervous breakdown ideas or thoughts um we'd love to hear them and you can write an email to our uh our CEO and founder of this podcast, yes. Dana, that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. You can also go directly to our website, FCBM.io, where you can for sure listen to the podcast for free without advertising um, and without any kind of like... There's no advertising. It's just free. You can stream it directly from there. You can also get the XML XML feed, um, Mm. the RSS feed directly for the podcast as well in case you're listening on a platform that tries to inject ads or does other weird shit. Um, Anyway, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Every once in a while, we hear from our listeners and we love it. Um, And that's all I got to say about that. And now, colors of the day.
0: I... This might be one of my favorite combinations ever. They're pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're
0: um they these colors are great to look at, but the combination of them is kind of like anxiety inducing in me as well. So I feel like they <laughs> fit right along yes. with our sort of like themed yeah. nervous breakdowns. This right. one is a is a uh, chromatic nervous breakdown. Yes. Yeah. Would you say um, the first color is called desensitizing stupefaction? Yes which I think describes how I felt the other night when I'm like, oh, no, my brain's on fire again. (laughs) Uh, The RGB values are 58, 151, 194, and the hexadecimal is uh, octothorpe or hashtag symbol. The number three, the letter A, the number nine, the number seven, the letter C, and the number two. So if you like type that into your google search bar it will show you this color
1: yeah so you you can can just type in type in the pound sign or hashtag uh three alpha nine seven charlie two uh, yes. Just stick that in your Googler, and it'll pop up the color so you can see it exactly. And
0: the color yeah. is like this fucking intense robin's egg blue, or like the, like a sky blue, but like on a day that's absolutely cloudless. So like when you look straight up at it, it's almost too bright to look at. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, yeah, yep.
0: So like you're squinting. <laughs> yeah. When you see it, yeah, these colors kind of make me squint a little bit when I look at them. They're fucking great. Yeah. Um. Do you want to do the second one?
1: Okay. Yeah. So uh, the complementary color. Or, or, I don't know if that's that may be a yeah. more technical term, but the uh, the other color for the this color, color pairing uh, is called pharmaceutical infotainment, and uh, <laughs> the RGB value for this color is 36, 173, 133. And the hexadecimal value is um, hashtag two, four, alpha, delta, eight, five. That's hashtag two, four, A, D, eight, five. Um, I do want to. So this is like a green that is. um,
0: It looks like the slime on top of a swamp.
1: Yeah. Like it's it's not quite. okay. so. I wanted to point out one of our listeners was relaying this to me the other day that when we had taken a hiatus from the, when the color research department was on strike yes. um, and uh, but we got them, you know, we got them settled in and and we got them raises and all the shit that they need in order to right. continue functioning. Right. Um, but uh, this listener was telling me that uh, they really liked the colors of the day because they liked to just try to imagine what the colors were um, by listening to the RGB values and then trying to kind of envision what they look like. And so if you're not familiar really with RGB values, it's a red, green, blue value. And the number is from zero to 255. And so you can kind of think of that like as a percentage. So if we're looking at the pharmaceutical infotainment with the red, green, and blue values, the red value is 36. So not Which a is lot really of red. Low. Yeah, not a lot of red, but 173 for green. So quite a lot of green and then 133 for blue. So like, like a little more than half blue um and not quite 100 percent green Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit blue green feeling um it's definitely on the cooler side of green like it's not a warm green it's not like pushing towards yellow it's definitely pushing towards blue um and it's uh it's a little lighter it's not like a solid like heavy like sort of kelly green or something like that but Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's sort of the top, the glinty swamp slime, you know, it's yes. sort of catching the da- dilapidated tree light or whatever.
0: It's interesting too because like the red value for the desensitizing stupefaction, which is the the clearly blue color, yes, the the RGB the R value is fifty eight, and in the very obviously green color, the red value is thirty six. So they're yes. not that far away from each other. But what I notice is that the thing that makes the blue blue is that it has the 194 value in the blue, and right. it's almost reversed from the green. Like yes, the, the green the green value has 133 for the blue. The blue value ha- the the blue color has 194 for the blue. And then if you look at the green values, the blue color that appears blue to the eye has 151 for the amount of green in it, and the yep. green value that appears green to the eye has 173 so they're not even that far off from each no.
1: other right. and yet they're right. so
0: different visually when you're actually yeah. like rotting Look. and coning them with your eyeballs
1: rotting and coning <laughs> <laughs> that'll be our <laughs> rotting and coning will be one of our uh segments oh my gosh we have yeah. um didn't we come up with a new segment idea and now i can't remember what it is
0: we did and i bet i wrote it down somewhere
1: it was like um man it was really good Well, uh look forward to future podcasts where we remember what that is and then implement.
0: We remember our great idea and actually put it into
1: Yeah. I just I vaguely kind of remember it was like some kind of like company names or like some kind of
0: was it ads? Were we gonna make our own ads?
1: We had that before and I think that's um I think that's fine and, and a good idea, but I feel like this one was like uh a really great um I'm gonna maybe look at our group chat. Um, if you want to keep talking about the, uh, the colors for one more minute. Um. Yeah,
0: well, what I love, I mean, what I love about the RGB thing and the, and the octoport thing is that there's like, because these, these values are sort of like universally recognized, just futzing around with them in the limited narrow range of like how much red, how much green, how much blue there's such a range of values that there's almost an infinite number of colors that you can come up with by shades. Like it's, there's so much variation in such tiny little tweaks of the values that you end up with just this like universe of, of results. And they're so fun to do. And then I love when the names come up with them, too, because they always seem to pertain to whatever it is we're doing, even though we're not the ones directly naming these colors. Mm-hmm. which is delightful too like the desensitizing stupefaction and pharmaceutical infotainment like that just kind of goes along with the theme of my nervous breakdown yeah, basically yeah, 100% right. yeah
1: pharmaceutical we did not
0: do that on purpose that oh just my. happened right <laughs> like, yeah we have very little control over what colors come up and what their names are
1: you you ironically. can play with this yourself um yeah. so we made this website called did you already say i was kind of tuned no, out object color so objectcolor.com um, is the website that we made, and you can go there and generate your own colors, and it generates a link for you that you can send to people. Um, yeah, and you can make your own, and it, yeah, you have can make your, your own,
0: own weird connections to them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so I, I did uh, find. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, nope, go ahead. Um, there's uh, there was one in March, which I don't think is the one I was thinking of called okay. uh hysterical history oh god um, which I don't have a lot of context for um,
0: that does sound pretty funny though especially considering that we both avoid using hysterical in the traditional term because it's a slight against women <laughs>
1: yes Yeah. Um, and I, then- I feel
0: like moving forward we should only use the phrase or the word hysterical to describe upset men
1: Yeah. Yeah. But what's what's the, what's the male equivalent of that? Sorry.
0: Well, I mean, it makes sense that men would be hysterical because like where this whole phrase where the where the definition of the term hysterical comes from is like way fucking back in the day, like a million years ago when medicine was like, let's chop up some dead bodies or maybe not even dead. We'll just see what's in there. Um, They were just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. They decided that the reason that women get upset about stuff is because their uteruses have become unmoored and are floating around lost in their bodies. Right, which would make a lot of sense why men get hysterical and upset because you don't even have them. So, where are they? Right, (laughs) no wonder you're upset. Your uterus is long gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, it
0: departed your body, it's not coming back. You're never gonna be okay. Uh, have you tried to have a uterus?
1: You can't,
0: yeah, that's right. So hysterical history is a strong contender for like we could just be like men behaving badly could be you know examples of hysterical history. There's plenty of that.
1: There's plenty of that. Yeah. Oh uh, also um, one of my listeners sent me a link to a place here in San Diego that's unfortunately closing down called long oh, story no. short.
0: <gasps> really. Well kind of a place was it was it like a it's closing down. What? It's what was a it kitchen before? and
1: natural wine bar. Um
0: Oh, that's too bad that sounds kind of
1: nice yeah it does sound kind of nice um, I mean it's hard to it's hard to run a business here in San Diego because like the rents are just so fucking high it's insane yeah. makes me Really, I was. Sad. Uh, um, <clears throat> I was yeah. at a
0: vineyard recently in Minnesota, and vineyards are a new thing here because we've only recently, because of global warming, become warm enough to support any kind of a vineyard at all.
1: Right, right. And
0: um, all of the vines are obviously, for that reason, very young. And so a friend of mine was like, "Have you tried the Minnesota wine?" And I was like, "No, I, I actually haven't." I was like, "Is it okay?" He goes, "Okay is a good word for it." <laughs> and where i was the reason i was at this uh vineyard here in minnesota was because they were hosting like a holiday market so you could come you could buy a bunch of wine and taste a bunch of the wines and take a bunch of the wine home with you for like whatever you get a discount by the case and also there were other vendors and i was helping one of those vendors sell what what they produce and so um I was at this holiday thing and it was, it reminded me so much of like a wine tasting in Napa Valley. Like that's obviously what they're going for. And I know what these are like because I lived out there in California with y'all for like three years. And so I get it, but also it has a very noticeably Minnesota tinge to it, right? Yeah. So it's like... It's Napa Valley, but the Minnesota cultural version. That's great. Like,
1: like the framework that? was laid and then the, all the Minnesotans showed up and they're like, yes. ah, how does this work?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so great. Which and to we be were, fair,
1: <laughs> well, we have all stories about. Yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs>
0: we're sitting there yeah afterwards this person i was working with was like you know i try not to like make assumptions or judge people but like i noticed the size of some of the jewelry those women were wearing (laughs) it's like like they attracted the fucking crowd right like Uh the crowd that like gets dressed up to drink at 11 a.m that's who showed up to this winery to do like this thing so you know i was like it's fine because the drunker people are the more money they're going to spend on your stuff, so that's great. Yeah, um, and he did pretty well while we were there, so that was good. But it was just kind of funny because I've experienced like the the source of this this cultural aspiration around uh, like wine country, right? Like I mm-hmm. I have been in the epicenter of wine country in America. I have been in wine country in France. I get the cultural, like, aspects of both and the differences. And then to be in in that in Minnesota was just very strange because um, people here are much uh, more bound to earthly concerns than people in either places, like gorgeous French countryside, Bar Valley shit, or Alps, you know, or or the, the, like, Napa Valley rolling hills and, like, Mountain View and shit. So, like, I... It was just uh like a very strange sort of overlapping Venn diagram of like you've got um cabin culture and like lumberjacks and like big jewelry and wine and like yeah it was it was like a little a little confusing <laughs>
1: It sounds it sounds kind of delightful. Um, There was so just to interject some factual information as opposed Uh to your subjective subjective uh, your subjective nonsense. Sorry, (laughs) you're you're being hysterical.
0: (laughs) Quit being so hysterical. Stick to facts. (laughs)
1: Um, The so the main grape, as far as I can tell, uh, is the Marquette grape, which was introduced in 2006 by the University of Minnesota, Mm. and uh, it's a cold it's a cold climate um cultivar essentially sure. and it's known as a disease resistant red grape variety that produces medium body dry red wine and is suitable for extended maturation in oak barrels so um i i immediately i'm not i am by far not like an expert on wine but i do find it interesting um the culture around wine and the way that it's produced and and i think that yeah. uh, perhaps your friend or or perhaps it's hard to get like really extended maturation wines yet if it's a pretty early culture like um if it was introduced in 2006 uh i think i can't remember what like grapevine maturation takes but probably vineyards didn't start producing wine until assuming they got them in the ground in 2006 probably like 2010 Right. Maybe by the time they were like in full production. Yeah. Um, I don't know those particular grapevines. But my point being is that it's probably hard to get older maturate, ma- matured wine. And it mm-hmm. might it might be an interesting good wine, you know. In a while. T- in a while.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't try any while we were there. Yeah. Um. Mostly because if I do, it means I have to go on a like nerve medication vacation and stop taking my nerve medication in advance of having any... Thing to drink that has alcohol in it, otherwise, these things clash. And it right. makes me feel fucking terrible. Right. <laughs> so right. it's just not worth it. I like my nerve medication. I like not having nerve pain. So there's really no reason for me to ever stop taking it. Uh, 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 there hasn't yeah, been a special like, occasion yet that yeah. convinced me to do it. So yeah. um, when we went, I it was like let, just to fill you in on like how drunk Minnesota culture is. Like we were sitting there, and uh, one of the women who was at this event was talking to us at our at our table. And she was like, oh, did you guys try the wine? And we were like, no, no, we we haven't tried it. And, and we weren't going to say, like, because we don't really want to. It, it,
1: was,
0: we, were just, <laughs> we were just like, no, no. And this person I was with was like, yeah, that'd be great, right? Just get all liquored up on wine and then drive all this stuff home. And this lady goes, ha, I love it. And just, like, walked off. And I was like, that's, <laughs> like, so, why didn't nervous breakdown? Like all these people are going to get shit and They just drive away out of here because nobody around here cares. Like drunk driving is just a thing. Everybody does all the time. It's uh-huh. crazy. Uh-huh. It's just like, I, we looked at each other after she said that. and I was just like, holy shit. Like, uh-huh. Oh God, we got to get out of here before these people do.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> this uh, shit up, We're leaving. Yeah. Also to add. Um, so, the Marquette grape has been added as a grape for wine processing and na- and is now since November 2019 classified as a VQA, uh, Vintners Quality Alliance. Um, so, mm. that, so, so it means re-
0: some kind of a standard.
1: Yeah, well, my point is, is that probably like this is a really young wine, both in production and like you can't get bottles old of wine that are old them. enough to maybe yeah. fully experience whatever its greatness could be. You're um, just
0: going to have to wait.
1: You're just going to have to wait. Uh, eh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> love it. I love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> no. No. What? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. It was a joke. It's not it a joke. A joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> God. is <laughs> so bad. Oh, so um, funny.
1: Um, I was going to, uh, maybe say like the reason I mentioned the long story short thing is that has yes. also been a segment and maybe we want to do Oh one?
0: yes. The long story short segment.
1: Yeah. And then, and then we'll really end the podcast now that we've gone over time by 23, right. 25 minutes. Uh, um, well, you
0: know, it's been, a, it's been a while since we it has been a while. Yeah. Post anything. So. Yeah, and we uh, do
1: need to turn around. And oh my gosh, it's it's almost twelve thirty now. I do have holy to. shit! Do you have yeah.
0: stuff you have to go do? Well, you I'm have going, to go wherever you're wearing that uh, the Hawaiian shirt. Too. Actually,
1: the Hawaiian shirt I'm wearing is for Wednesday, but I am going. But I may actually wear it today as well. I'm going to a friend of mine is um is leaving to leaving San Diego probably for good to go live in the Midwest on a farm Who's um, that? that they bought. Uh, just somebody I, I don't think it's somebody, somebody I don't even met. know yeah, yeah. Um, just someone uh, I, I went to high school with. I was
0: like who do I know that you haven't told me is moving closer to yes
1: me? also to be fair I probably wouldn't I, I I will tell them I'll tell you about them later off Later. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah when we're not leaving this third
0: parties' <laughs> information to anyone yeah listening. exactly yeah. Um, yeah I you know I have one more themed nervous breakdown that I think is highly relatable that I can share
1: yes okay
0: Um. and this is this is pertinent to what's happening to to me and a bunch of other people right now we just moved officially the twin cities has left zone four on the climate chart and moved into zone five like it's gotten so much warmer here that we now are zone five and this is great for growing things like fucking peaches and other like fruits and stuff but also like it's yesterday it was 51 degrees in december holy like, that shit that is not fucking cool yeah. that's not cool at all right like if it keeps on this trajectory i'm just gonna have another full-blown nervous breakdown over the climate which i've already had because we live in the direct path of all of the canadian wildfires so there are days on end here where like we have to wear our kn95 masks just in our house because we can't fucking breathe because there's so much smoke in the air and the sky is orange and it looks like something out of a dinosaur movie when the mm. asteroid hits and everybody dies
1: right right
0: so there's that. That's another one that's probably pretty relatable to a lot of people. Yep. Climate-based nervous breakdown. Um,
1: Wait, yeah. you were you were zone six. Now you're zone five.
0: No, we were zone four, and now we're zone five. So we were zone we were zone Wait, that zone four
1: is like, warmer, right?
0: No, zone five is warmer. The higher the number, the warmer it is.
1: I'm looking at like
0: you're zone ten.
1: The I E C C climate zone map, and it says I'm in zone three.
0: What? You're not in zone 3. You're in zone 10. You have your own zone in San Diego, in fact. You're like a 10B.
1: IECC must be a different different kind of zones.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's one that goes backwards. The one I'm thinking about is for like farming and shit. Yeah. uh, Let me look it up.
1: Huh interesting let's see um agriculture zone map that's probably what i want here we go yes this is this is probably what you're talking about hardiness zones
0: yes the hardiness zones yeah so
1: that's different sorry i was looking at the wrong yeah
0: yeah like in a hardiness in terms of hardiness your zone is 10b because you guys in san diego have like a climate that is unique to your geographic little bubble and like nobody else in our yeah like our temperature swings
1: aren't as heavy like other people will have the same temperatures like average maybe but ours is our swings are less or something and they have to yeah yeah like Like you have your own little you're
0: you're just in like 10b is like the perfect climate
1: it's pretty great it's pretty great
0: yeah um yeah and uh and, oh, and we're going to have, I'm sure in the near future, we're going to have some kind of scientific nervous breakdown because you and I are starting to prepare for running parallel bioreactor experiments on the world's tiniest flowering plants. Oh, plant. yes. And we both ordered them off the internet and we're both going to set up parallel labs and we're going to grow our little plants and we're going to do experiments and have bioreactors and it's going to be great. And it's, we'll have so many successes and failures to tell everyone about. It's going to be so great. And every yeah. failure will trigger a scientific nervous breakdown. Yep. yep. Even if it's the world's tiniest scientific nervous breakdown. Exactly. Yeah. I'm committed in advance to having them and telling you all about
1: them. <laughs> all right. Awesome. All right. Do you want to? Um, do you want to do the long story short?
0: Oh, uh, I uh, I don't have one off the top of my head.
1: Okay, I'll do it. Um, all right.
0: Tell me your long story short.
1: Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh uh, so the strangest thing happened the other day. I was walking my usual afternoon route and this car stopped in the middle of the street. A person jumped out and started gesticulating at me, right? Like waving yeah. their arms and oh I couldn't really hear what they were saying because they were they were like down the street. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, long story short, you can never be too sure your arm won't be ripped off if you stick it outside a moving vehicle.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Keep your hands and arms inside of the vehicle at all times. Exactly. I think somebody in a limousine tried to kidnap me once from downtown Minneapolis. No way. Yes, way. Like, no hyperbole. I seriously think that's what almost happened. Luckily, I was like, "Uh, no, thank you. I'm not getting in your weird limo.
1: (laughs) Now, if it was a van with candy.
0: Right. Totally different. If, If there had been some Marquette wine in there. Right. (laughs) I just gotta lure people with the right incentive.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. All right. I think have a
0: good rest of the day. It's snowing outside now, so the temperature back down to close to where it's supposed to be. Amazing. Yeah. Climate nervous breakdown averted.
1: It is not snowing here. It's pretty chill. Uh and by chill I mean like it's you know 72. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Always.
1: (laughs) Always. Um
0: I love it there, but like at one point I was sitting on your balcony and I was thinking like, fuck. It never changes here. And before I know it, I'm going to be 80 fucking five. Yep. And being like, what happened?
1: Yeah. No, I I mean, it's it is, you know, when I think back on the like, you know, I never thought of myself as somebody who lived in San Diego because I moved away when I was like 17 or 16. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I had lived here. My childhood was here and I would come visit and spend some time here. And I, you know, but. But then like one day I was like, fuck, it's been 15 years since I've been living here again. Huh. Right. Like as yeah. an adult. Um, yeah. yeah. And I just it's the seasons melt together. And uh, There's just it's
0: nothing to mark the passage of time. except it's for really, artificial oh. like overlays of like a clock on the wall and a calendar yeah. that you mark off every day. Otherwise, yep. it's every day is exactly the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, we have
0: delightful. But we have these like, like cold
1: days and it rains occasionally
0: every time I but, visit.
1: But they're, so, but they're so, they're so infrequent that like a rainy day is like such a mood lift, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. different weather, or like a particularly cold evening. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple of those recently, which has been kind of exciting. Uh, there have
0: definitely been nights when I've been hanging out at your house that we had to turn the heat on.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and like,
0: I. But we're babies about that. We're like, I can't stand it if it's below yes, seventy five. Turn the heat on. on.
1: I need to be able to sit around on my shorts and a t-shirt right. and sweat a little if I Why move too you, much. Like, right. the
0: <laughs> Why don't you just put on a sweatshirt? I don't like layers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go back to go back to not being able to have clothing on your skin. Right. Um, yeah. As a reference yeah. right to earlier. Anyway. Right. Um, yeah. All right,
0: well, you go do your thing. And okay. I'm, I'm going will. to continue transferring information from my old hobo Hobonichis into my current hobo Nietzsche.
1: Okay, absolutely. You do that. I'm going to sit in anticipation as I wait for them to be shipped to me because I ordered them late, but it's fine. It's Um, okay. Yeah. And if you stumble across that idea for a new segment, let me know. I I Googled the segment in our chats and it didn't come up. um, I will So I don't know what it is. Yeah. I
0: will totally find it. I'm sure I wrote it down in because whenever I take notes, I always do them by hand. Right. So they're in here somewhere. I'll
1: find it. Okay. Someone, for who, real this someone who listens to our podcast please write in and let us know because i'm pretty sure we talked about it on a podcast um though to be fair it might no, be on one of the ones we need to publish so right. uh if there you're listening no to this, this one it may, may be one that came after this we'll see we're getting yeah anyway <laughs> oh,
0: time is such a weird yeah nonsensical subject um yes okay and okay. uh yeah
1: okay goodbye for real okay goodbye